DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Vinnie Flynn, who is the best-selling author of The Seven Secrets of the Eucharist and Listening to God with St. Faustina. He's the Executive Director of Mercy Song Ministries of Healing. He is also a gifted musician and speaker. His powerful teachings on divine mercy, the sacraments, and the Father's love have made him a popular speaker at parish missions, conferences, and retreats. With Vinnie Flynn, we go inside the pages of 21 Ways to Worship, a guide to Eucharistic adoration, published by Mercy Song. Vinnie, thank you so much once again for joining us. I'm happy to be with you, Chris. What led you to put this particular compilation together? <laughs> Actually, I call this my uh, my surprise from the Lord. I had no intention of writing this book. It wasn't even on my radar screen. Mm. Um, I, I'm not a really efficient writer. I spent 10 years on Seven Secrets of the Eucharist, and uh, I've been working for about three years on um, Seven Secrets of Confession, and my agenda was to finish that, and then out of the blue, I was asked to give a talk, and I ended up talking on this subject, and people said, oh, you got to do this as a book, and and uh, it was like I was, imagine myself looking up at the Lord and saying, are you serious? Come on, I want to finish Seven Secrets of Confession. And uh, this book, from idea to book in my hand, was three and a half months. Wow. Wow. So that that told me that, you know, God had a different agenda. It was almost like he was saying, okay, watch what happens when it's my agenda. <laughs> it's a particular devotion, a wonderful spiritual practice that our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, is imploring us to take the opportunity to enter into. Yeah, and not only him, but I mean, Pope John Paul also, you know, was so adamant about um, the necessity of adoration. That's um, see, uh, see. Originally, mm-hmm. I when I was writing Seven Secrets of the Eucharist, there were actually more secrets. I just was mm-hmm. going to follow that up, which I never did, with a with a like seven more secrets of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, secret eight was to grow. You must adore, mm. and that's why I think you know God decided He didn't want it to be a chapter. He wanted it to be a whole book. Um, but that's what you're saying is 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 that's the message of what you're saying. Pope John Paul and Pope Benedict have both made it really clear that Eucharistic adoration for a serious Catholic is not an option. It's a necessity. Mm. It's something we need to do. You look at four examples of just extraordinary people, whether it's servant of God, Dorothy Day, who you hear so much in the news right now, but also the Venerable Fulton Sheen and as well as Blessed Mother Teresa and John Paul, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. all so different, but yet so dynamic, and the thing that fed them was their adoration every day. Absolutely, absolutely. And even going further back, Pope John uh, um, the Twenty Third said that the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament was his salvation. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> so it's 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 something that. I think the church is really growing into now is a real understanding. Um, as, as Pope Benedict explains it, we our 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 adoration of of Christ doesn't have to remain in the mass. And he goes on. He says it, it actually it has to go beyond it. It has to extend. And he calls adoration the personal aspect of communion. That the whole purpose of adoration is to get to know Christ. 
And we don't get to know Christ by spending one hour a week with him. Mm. You know, we, how do we get to know our, our, our parents, our friends, our spouses, our children? You get to know someone by spending time repeatedly, progressively, more and more time with the person, and gradually you get to know this person. That's the function of the Eucharistic Adoration. Well, and that's really at the heart of what they're telling us is the new evangelization. It's it's this call to listen and to encounter Christ. And for for all of us, that opportunity, that the grace that pours from that, and you chronicle so beautifully and give us so many different ways in 21 ways to worship, that why aren't we all running to adoration, Vinny? I know, I know. It's, you know, sometimes when I speak about the Eucharist, I... I I quote uh, St. Augustine, who, who says, this is your daily bread, mm-hmm. so take it daily. You know, it's like, we, if we really understood what Christ is offering us in, in this gift of the Eucharist, um, there would be lines outside the churches every day, not just mm-hmm. on Sunday. It's, it's just an amazing gift. Um, I was just rereading this morning one one thing from from um, Pope John Paul. He said, "When when we contemplate Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, Christ draws near to us and becomes more intimate to us than we are to ourselves." Wow, that's a mind blowing thing. That's a it's that's what he's doing. There's a, it's a transforming thing. Pope John Paul goes on to add that that in doing this through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us access to God the Father. So I have one chapter called here called Run to Daddy, which is about when Eucharistic adoration and the Father, because that's what it's all about. Christ in the Blessed Sacrament is drawing us into himself and therefore to the Father. Mm. Boy, extraordinary. Why is it, Vinny, that we have so many just what they are now terming mega parishes that have large uh, churches and yet they're empty when it comes to those encounters in adoration i mean it's difficult for parishes to even get people to sign up for normal times of the day right right um there's it, it, I see two things happening. One is what you're describing, definitely. Mm-hmm. That I mean, we've had 40 years of of, of uh, a void of teaching about the Eucharist, basically, mm-hmm. and and that's changing now. More and more priests are preaching about the Eucharist, and actually, compared to even 15, 20 years ago, there are so many more adoration chapels around the world, especially in this country, mm-hmm. that it's mind blowing. So it, there, there are still these big churches and even the regular parachurches here and there where there's nothing going on, basically. But more and more, there are these pockets where there are perpetual adoration chapels, and people are realizing that, that it's changing their lives, it's changing their community, it's changing their parish. And, and, it's, it's, and the, the, the reason for that is that we're finally coming to understand what adoration is all about, what the Eucharist is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, Benedict keeps saying over and over in his writings and talks, he says, receiving communion is entering into communion with Christ. And he says, what is given us here is not a piece of a body, not a thing, but the 
person of Christ. And that's what's being emphasized, is this, that through the Eucharist, we grow in a personal awareness of Christ that transforms our lives. And even now in this year of faith, when he announced the year of faith, he quoted his first homily, his homily at his inauguration mass. He quoted himself, saying that the Church has to lead men and women out of the desert therein and toward the place of life, which is friendship with Christ. This whole idea of personal friendship with Christ is what people are starting to come to through adoration. Mm. I think 21 Ways to Worship, A Guide to Eucharistic Adoration. Vinny, it, it really... People can take this and begin the process. If you could dedicate somehow finding that time and take your book with you, and just that can be the the start of that hour or even that half hour, but just to go and to begin to to lexio even the words that you give us. You, you know, um, that's basically that when I started when I was giving the talk on it, the mm-hmm. first thing that hit me was basically what you're saying. That the most important thing is to begin it. And so many people say, you know, what the heck am I going to do for an hour? A whole hour? What, what do I do? And a lot of people that I've talked to have this concept that there's certain things they ought to do or have to do and that time is going to drag. And, you know, the opposite is true. So that's why in the forward I, I entitled it over, just do it. The main thing is start doing it. And then basically, I mean, these 21 ways are just kind of arbitrary suggestions of things that I've found really helpful and to get people started. But there's there's no rule. There's, there's, there's a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got to, I've got to uh, pray. I've got to recite prayers. No, you don't. Or I've got to read something spiritual. No, you don't. You know, well, I, you know, I don't have time to do this. I've got a lot of work to do. Bring your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, I, I get tired. I'm, I'm liable to fall asleep. Fall asleep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, so I, I, that's why some of the chapters are kind of, you know, almost tongue-in-cheek, punny, you know, like, um, please don't snore, you know, and mm-hmm. for God's sake, shut up. You don't have to pray all the time. It's a, you know, prayer is being with God, you know, letting your heart surge to God. So what I'm trying to suggest in in these various ways is, what 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 kinds of things can you do that will help you to grow in being real with Christ, who is really present for you? It, they're just different ways of of becoming present to Christ, one on one, person to person, and allowing Him to do the work. I love the the reality that what what Jesus wants from us is to be who we are with Him, mm-hmm. and 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 to realize that um, we don't have to do anything in particular. So one of my, one of my favorite um, chapters, actually, is, is, is entitled Get a Tan. <laughs> uh, it, because it's, it's when, when, if I want to get a suntan, I don't have to do anything particular. There's no particular words I have to say. I don't have to read. I don't have to be in any particular position. I just expose myself to the sun, and the sun will change me. And 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 so, to me, Eucharistic adoration is is getting a suntan, you know, S O N, where we're allowing Christ to radiate who He is into us to transform us. So, as Pope John Paul, you know, explains, bit by bit, 
we take on his ideas, his way of thinking, his way of perceiving things, his way of loving, we assimilate who he is into ourselves. Paul Benedict picks that that up, and he, he uses the term progressive transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Yet he uses the word osmosis, almost by osmosis, sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, by osmosis, we take in the reality of who Jesus is, and we become like him, which mm-hmm. is the ultimate goal, because the Father wants us to be like him so we can be with him forever. <laughs> mm, beautiful. I love the three R's. Yeah, the three R's, it's been a very, very useful thing for me and for several members of my family. It, it, it just... that. It's it's a whole way of realizing that unforgiveness is a is a thing that takes hold of us in many many ways daily. Mm-hmm. I use the three R's all the time. You know that if 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 I suddenly realize whoops uh, I've let some negative thoughts negative words this happened okay I repent of that now I have to undo it as much as I can so I revoke it I take it away Lord I I, I just thought some evil things. I said some bad stuff about this person. Lord, I, I, I repent of that. I take it back. I revoke that, Lord. And now, Lord, I, I replace that with a blessing. And I ask you, Lord, to bless this person. It's, just, it's, an, it's a way of cleaning ourselves out of the negative stuff that gets into us and becomes a form of unforgiveness that's like a cancer that builds and builds and builds and, and rots us from the inside. Well, and I'm also so glad that you encourage journaling. I love to journal, but not maybe every time. Sometimes I like to do all the other things, as you said, in in front of the the Blessed Sacrament. Sometimes people have this block about journaling that somehow they think they need to be able to be the the great American writer before they even start. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. um, You know, I I learned years ago, um, uh, I was teaching English and I was also teaching psychology and and uh, I, I had come across this explanation of, of writing. And I remember even when I used to be studying language, this, if you want to learn vocabulary, you, you, you look at it, you say it, and you write it. Mm-hmm. And that reinforce, reinforces it to you. You don't just think about it in your mind. You, you, you look at it, you say it out loud, and then you write it down. The act of writing helps me to know what I know. Mm-hmm. It helps me remember what's in my mind. So when I write a thought, any thought, I'm more in touch with that thought. It becomes more real. And so if I'm with the Lord and I'm trying to be real with Him, one of the best ways is to write. And it doesn't matter what I write. That's why I try to give several different ways to use a journal. But there's many more that I haven't mentioned, and people come up with their own. It's just a question of picking up a pen and talking to God on paper, or start by recording something, say, Lord, I'm just going to try to remember what happened today and, uh, and re-offer it all to you, and, and you, you write it out. It can be just a record of, of your day, a record of your thoughts, of highlights of something that happened yesterday, and, but you're doing it in the presence of the Lord. So at, at you know, any one of the several levels, you're communicating with Him, making Him a part of your life, and especially in the here and now with him, if you can get in your journaling to the point where you're talking to God about these things, these thoughts, these insights, these feelings, it can be really, really powerful. We're talking with a wonderful Vinnie Flynn about the 21 Ways to Worship, a Guide to Eucharistic Adoration. 
and I think probably one of the most important chapters is right off the bat in the beginning, chapter two, evict the tenants. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we need a savior is because of the, of the influence of these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are, you know, as I, I mentioned in that, in that chapter, there's just, there are so many negative things, negative spirits, thoughts, distractions, actual spirits that can bug us, can distract us, can try to pull us away from focusing on Christ and focusing on what's right. And all this negative stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that the, the tenants thing is a quote from a great, great spiritual lady and speaker, Betsy Bleasdale, who just I, I heard her talk once and she talked about the fact that we all, we all allow uninvited guests to come into our hearts. And, you know, she compared that to like an apartment where there's tenants that, that, that don't belong there. We didn't consciously invite them. Uh, we don't want them there, but we don't know how to get rid of them. And so I'm just suggesting, you know, different ways and different levels of how to get rid of anything that's in my heart that's pushing Christ off the throne chair in my heart. Which is, which is his rightful seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he belongs as the king of my heart. And anything that I'm allowing to replace him, I need to get rid of. And adoration is one of the best places to do that. What would you suggest to the person who has wanted to go to adoration, has heard about it at church, but for whatever reason, there just seems to be some kind of block. What would you say to them about busting through that wall? Well, actually, um, I tried to say that in the foreword, where I just I'm about just do it. That that to to I, I, one of the first things is the the realization that it's really important that, that it's it's a call to really grow spiritually by getting in touch with Christ person to person, that God is not a, a concept, he's not an idea, he's a person. And, and so we need to get develop a, a relationship with the person of Christ. And I, I, my first encouragement to anybody is to just do it. Don't worry about what you're going to do for an hour. If you don't think it... Don't sign up for an hour. Just go sit there for a few minutes. Let it start slowly, but make a visit. Go in and say hello to Jesus and try to really get in touch with that. He is really there. Body and blood, soul and divinity, the whole person of Christ is there for us in the Eucharist, 24 hours a day. And he's there for us to be able to help us Jesus, we've, we've, we've failed to recognize that Christ is our best friend. The mm-hmm. Father sent him to become our best friend, to be with us all the time. That's why many people have even told me that, you know, they've, they've used this book in adoration, but they, they use it even when they're not in adoration, because all I need to do, really, to be in adoration is mentally want to be there. It's a form of spiritual communion. Lord, I unite myself right now with your Eucharistic presence in all the tabernacles of the world. I can't be there right now, Lord, but I adore you, I praise you, I thank you. Come into my heart, Lord. That's real. And a lot of these prayer forms can be done anytime, not just when we're in adoration, but anytime. It's a way of lifting our minds and hearts 
into a personal communication and relationship with, with Christ. Vinny, why do we struggle so much with silence, even in those periods of adoration, of just being quiet with the Lord? Yeah, um, that's that's a tough one, and it's it's very very real. Um, we're we tend to be afraid of silence, and we're in a society that has made it. Um, it's gotten us accustomed. To, you can't even walk into a store without hearing music blaring all the time or televisions mm-hmm. blaring all the time. All the technical devices we have beep at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're exposed to sounds all the time. And it, so suddenly, when we're not, it can get really scary. And I think the, the, greatest, the greatest reason, I think, is that until we really get in touch with Christ person to person and at a really deep level. Um, we're afraid of him. We're, we're Like, sometimes I can say in Our Father or Hail Mary or ritual prayers, and um, they're not helping me get closer to Christ. Sometimes they're, they're keeping me from getting too close because I can just say the prayers. Now I don't have to be in touch with him person to person, soul mm-hmm. to soul, you know? And so even our good prayers sometimes can be a way of avoiding. But when we're in silence, God speaks in silence. And he speaks very intimately, very deeply. And, and we can only take bits of that. I mean, so I would encourage people, as I try to do in the book, you know, um, for God's sake, shut up. You know, don't talk all the time. Let there be moments of silence and let that grow to the point where gradually... I can be silent for a longer time with the Lord. I don't even have to think words. I can just sit with Him. And it, it, most of us have experienced that with some people. There are some people we can just be with and we don't have to talk. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, just, it's just good to be with them. And we can deal with the silence between us. Spouses find that a lot, that they can be with the other spouse without having to talk. And there is yet this closeness. And so we need to get there with God and allow him to speak to us in the silence. Wow. You know, Vinny, as you're speaking, I'm this whole image of adoration is that great well of grace. I wonder if we really, really, if the adult Catholic in particular today could even begin to express what grace or experience what grace is. It's um what, what I love about the word grace is that you know I always thought I knew what grace was. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You know, just uh, God helps us. We need some grace. We need help, so He gives us grace. And I looked it up one year in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it, it does include that definition. But the main definitions are, are much more powerful. Grace is a participation in the life of Christ. When we get grace, we're being given a sharing, a participating, in the way Christ lives. And it goes on, it says, it introduces us into the intimacy of Trinitarian life. Each, if you can imagine, grace as a drop, you know, mm-hmm. each drop of grace leads us closer to an intimate relationship with not only Christ, but with the entire Trinity. 
personal relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is the goal. That's God's plan. Someday God the Father wants to introduce each of us into the Trinity itself to be with Him forever, to live with Him because we're now like Him. Mm-hmm. And grace enables us to become like Him by, by, by allowing us to take in His way of living, participate in the way Christ lives divinely. Wow. And, of course, when we do experience that, we experience the great mercy, because, of course, we're not worthy, are we? Uh, but no, it, one, no one can be worthy. No. <laughs> In the Trinity, I mean, the, Christ is worthy of the Father's love. The Father is worthy of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. But who else is worthy? When that love goes out of the Trinity, it becomes mercy, mm-hmm. because mercy is love that we don't deserve. Mm-hmm. And and the the... Jesus is the divine mercy in person, mm-hmm. present for us in the Blessed Sacrament. And, and, and we are being just showered. That's why I had a, one of the final chapters I call Take a Shower, and I use that, that concept of the divine mercy image with the, the red and pale rays coming from the heart of Christ, that, that radiation therapy, if mm-hmm. you will. And it, it's like taking a shower. It's like standing under the cross. We're in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It's like standing under the cross with John and Our Lady and allowing the blood and water that came from his heart to just pour over us and, and change us, make us holy, make us like Jesus. Mm, beautiful. Well, Vinny, I wish we had more time, but that's the great gift of having the 21 Ways to Worship, a guide to Eucharistic adoration. It's almost like we have you right there with us. Well, I tried to keep them short and sweet so that, and there's no order. People can read, you know, you know, a few pages at a time and just put the book down and sit in adoration. And I've had a lot of people tell me that's what they do. They just take it in adoration and open it at random and, and take one thing and use that as the beginning of their time. Are you are you really busy these days? I mean, what are you doing right now? Um, I've been doing a fair amount of talks, and I'm I'm trying to to not do that because I I'm on secret six of seven six of confession, and I'm anxious to get it get that finished. So I'm I'm hoping to be able to do that soon. Well, we cannot wait for that. Any final thoughts, Finney? Um, just I guess to to emphasize again that um, to give this a try if you haven't and if you if, if you have been in adoration there's a lot here to suggest ways to go deeper and to try some other ways of communicating with Christ um, it's the main thing is it allows us to learn how to be real with mm-hmm. Christ it emphasizes that he is real he's a real person and He's there in person, fully, for us, and we just need to learn how to be there as we are in front of Him. There's uh, just a real encouragement to not only sing, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him during the, the beautiful time of Christmas, but to, to sing that every day, all the mm, time. Amen. Well, I, I, I hope so. I hope, it's, uh, I hope it will be a help to, to people. All right, Vinnie Flynn, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Great to talk to you. With Vinnie Flynn, we've gone inside the pages of 21 Ways to Worship, a guide to Eucharistic adoration. 
To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to mercysong.com, the website for its publisher, Mercy Song, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.